Welcome back to our listeners, and you are tuning in to another episode of the 15-Minute Reset. I am your host, Lori Carice. Today, I have with me Susan Murphy, broadcast voice coach, and our topic today is finding and using your authentic voice, literally, like slammer with that one. Welcome to the show, Susan. It's nice to be here, Lori. I'm delighted to be able to bring a little bit of expertise that I do that is actually available to anyone, anybody who speaks. Yes, I work with anchors and reporters, but really anybody who talks can benefit from finding their authentic voice. Now, you might think you already speak with your authentic voice. Maybe you do, but a lot of women don't. A couple of reasons. One, men are born with testosterone, larger um, vocal cords, um, an Adam's apple. That all makes their voices deeper, more resonant, for the most part, more natural. Not always. I My clients run 80% women, uh, 20% men. But a lot of women don't use their authentic voices, which I believe an authentic voice comes from the bottom of the diaphragm, where air has to be brought in all the way to the bottom of the diaphragm, come back up into a clear unobstructed pathway for air and energy past those vocal cords through the mask of your face. And then we all should be speaking boldly. A lot of us don't breathe into our bellies. Babies do. We were all born knowing how to do it. And when we sleep, we most likely do. But after we became mobile, taking directions from parents and other people somewhere in the vicinity of three and four, we kind of lost our ability to constantly breathe into our bellies. And we do what's called conversational breath, which is shallow breath into the chest. And it serves the purpose. It does get air around your, down into the diaphragm, and then the diaphragm gets air into your lungs. But we talk so quick, we move so quick, we breathe so shallowly, and the pitches of our voices tend to be just higher because that's how we breathe. When really all you have to do, settle down, lower your shoulders, lower your shoulders. That is the key to finding your authentic pitch, that voice that comes from the bottom of the diaphragm. When you breathe in, if you are consciously aware of air going into that belly, and you'll know you're doing it right when your belly expands out past the waistband of your pants. And then as you exhale, it deflates like a balloon. You lower your shoulders, take that air in, and then on a beautiful belly full of air, you begin to speak boldly. I did not say loudly. I said boldly. And that is where your authentic voice comes from. In my experience, women tend not to use their authentic voices because as children, the little girl or the, the childish or the breathy voice was somehow rewarded. And women, young girls, adopt or stay with these voices because it gets them through a dysfunctional household, it allows them to deal in some way, shape, or form with over-authoritarian parents or school teachers. 
brothers and sisters that overshadow your life. So you tend to shrink back and you just don't believe you need to speak up. And somehow along the line that this little voice was, that's what you should be doing. And then as you get into your teenage years and, and into maybe early college, well, that voice is just, oh, that's just so attractive to the opposite sex, isn't it? Mm, I don't know, maybe, maybe not, but it's not the authentic you. So my job is to help men and women learn to speak authentically with a combination of breath work and then practice in the words you use and everybody can learn it. The easiest thing to do to start is drop your shoulders. It releases tension across your shoulders and all the way up into your face. When we're tense, when we're nervous, where do we carry it? Our shoulders. So if you are mindful of loose shoulders, breathing into that belly and speaking boldly, that's pretty much the recipe for finding and using your authentic voice. So speaking with authority is also what I'm I'm getting here. And of course I'm intimidated. I feel like I'm being graded. <laughs> um, you know, so everybody that gets up on stage in front of you is it's like, you know, I, I'm sure they're like, oh my gosh, am I doing this right? So I am automatically thinking of the more youthful generation. You're talking about men and women and you're training them. You know, as a parent, I look at my own children and I talk to them about being authoritative, you know, yeah. using their voice also. This generation, however, is all about the texting and the likes and the posts and the comments. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like my high school daughter, she's having to do oral presentations, actually even my middle school daughter, and they're petrified. And of course, I was too when I was that age. Yep as well. It wasn't until, you know, I was later in my teens, did I really stand up and, you know, be totally confident on a stage. Some people never are. But what do you feel is going to be the best gift or best way to train this newer generation who is going to be trained to work from home, trained to use their computers, trained to use their devices, and very often, not use their authentic voice in that manner. Very true of everything you just said about that younger generation. And I think one of the things we can do with them is to engage them more in conversation around a dinner table, in the car. Um, just getting them to look you in the eye when they speak to you. How many of us do Zoom meetings and it's not like you're looking into eyes per se, you're looking into a camera, which is an eye. And if you can relate to that camera as just the eyes of literally every person in that Zoom meeting, because everybody thinks you're looking at them, it's when you look away that, no, you're not looking directly at anybody. It's only when you look into that camera. So if you can get kids to look at you in even a brief conversation, two to three minutes a day to thoughtfully talk about something going on in their lives. Now, oh my God, you know, who wants to talk thoughtfully about anything? Oh, mom, you know, I see how that, that can happen. But if you can frame it as, well, this is how 
you're going to have to do a job interview. You're going to have to interact with a spouse. You're going to have to have conversations, hard ones, easy ones with colleagues. This is a way to build confidence. Confidence comes from that authentic voice. Teach my anchors and reporters all the time. When you can stand in that very clear, authoritative, expert voice, well, then confidence grows. And that's one of the first things that will give you confidence. And you can't do it without the practice. Oh, I don't have any confidence. Oh, I, I don't, I, there's just no way. Yes, there's a way. Simply by speaking from your authentic voice, boldly using pauses. Oh, we all talk so fast, don't we? Could we take the occasional pause? Not so much for you. You can reset your breath, lower your shoulders again. But a pause in a conversation allows the other person to absorb what you just said. So even if you're having an argument with someone, if you're more mindful in that argument, and that's hard, come on, been there, done it. If we're more mindful in what we say, we take a pause, we think for a minute about the words that are going to come up, we might be kinder to each other, maybe. So even in your conversation with your own children, if you are at least being deliberate and bold in your speech, they might pick it up to mimic. I like that. So a lot of our listeners are fellow podcasters, they're speakers, authors, entrepreneurs, coaches, et cetera. But I keep thinking about other podcasts. And sometimes when I listen, I I am very, um, I try to be very conscious about the listener experience, active listening. Yeah. Right. So sometimes people, as you are speaking, you'll notice, you know, I, nod my head, but I'm very quiet, not agreeable. Mm -hmm, uh Uh-huh. Ooh, yeah. Because to me, that sounds also disruptive. Like I want you to shine your message to be heard, not whether or not I agree. There's that time for that pause, as you mentioned, where I can then chime in and agree, disagree, or carry on the conversation. So to those who do have podcasts, um, suggest maybe a style, you know, do you withhold those? Mm, ah, oh yeah. Ah, those little disruption. Cause to me on the listener end, I, I'm like, Oh wait, there's another voice. I I'm so captivated with what you're saying. And then all of a sudden I hear that mm, and ah, and I'm like, Oh yeah, that's right. There's somebody else, but I really want to hear your story. But I also think, I think you're right. Generally to not do too many. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, But I also think your listener at home is probably doing that. So it would be natural for you to do it. It also reminds the other listener that there's another person in the room, you. So I don't think it's a bad thing, but you're right. Maybe don't do it every 15 seconds, but do it occasionally when it feels right. Because you know, the other people listening are going, oh yeah, I agree with that. Or Oh, I want to, I want to lean in and listen a little bit more closely. So totally natural for you to do it. I think I agree with that. It's kind of like, you can't help but laugh or you can't help, but, you know, have a response, but I, right. I do try to watch my, you know, how I 
in, inject my feelings in into conversations. I, I do it on occasion, but I try to hold back for sure. I, I know I, for one, am very guilty of interrupting because I'm, oh, I have a question or, oh, but uh, Susan, mm, slow it down. That's, uh, it's hard not to when I'm really invested, but I have a question. Wait. You know, well, I take hard. notes. As you can see, you and I are on Zoom. You know, I mute my mic. You're on a roll. I'm making little notes, like, you know, right. bullet points of what I do want to touch on. And I wait for that pause and I go mm -hmm. back. Not to say I'm a master speaker at all, but I try to also, you know, I'm really listening and I want to talk, you know, brush up on something that we did mention. And you weren't talking about um, the, the younger generations. I, my mind just automatically goes there because I have younger kids. I see how they interact with adults and it's, um, they're very, you know, they pull back and um, it, it's their natural behavior to not really speak up. And, you know, as my daughter is getting older in high school, it's like, yeah, guess what? Next year, you're going to have a summer job. You know, mm -hmm. you're going to have to learn how to interview and ask questions and answer them. And how to interact with a customer or how to interact right. with a colleague. I think maybe we're doing a poor job of trying to prepare them for that because you're right. They're buried into phones. They're on computers they're playing video games and interacting with each other, but not one-on-one. -on -one. So we're going to lose the art of conversation if that isn't somehow turned around. And gosh, wouldn't that just be horrendous? And you want them to be engaged in their neighborhood, engaged in a community, engaged in a household, and you can't do it on a screen all the time. So we need to do a better job of getting them out of it. That's true. It is up to us, you know, lead by example. So for exactly. our podcast listeners, I'm going to make sure I include all of your information in show notes for our radio only. Tell us how to connect with you. Oh, yes. You can find me on LinkedIn, Susan Murphy, then type in voice coach. There are a million Susan Murphys. And then I have my company, which is called Vosat, Better Broadcast Voices, V O. SOT stands for broadcast shorthand voiceover sound on tape. That is when a reporter, when an anchor is reading a story and she might be on camera to begin and then it goes to B roll, she's reading a VOSAT. And so that's why I named it that because it's TV jargon. And I have mostly broadcasters, but I have worked with ministers and nurses and financial people and CEOs. And so I'm really starting to broaden out. But now everybody gets to know what VOSAT is. That's wonderful. Well, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Me you too. Know, it was often, so quick. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, the idea behind a 15 minute reset is to always give us a little pause, something that we can also see through. Some people don't have time for, you know, listening for a whole hour at a time. And 15 minutes is kind of that delightful little break that you give yourself and have a reset in some area of your life. It could be health and wellness, something professional, grief, family, relationships. Or I often call this my, you know, Lori's therapy session because I usually <laughs> get something really personal out of it. And right. I did again today. So Susan, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure, Lori. I'll come back anytime. Thank you. And this completes our 15-minute reset.